wow, this is a whole different setting to come to you in. And, uh, but nevertheless, I know God's good. Um, I know there are a lot of folks at home right now, and I'm going to give folks just a few moments to kind of get in and get, uh, get connected with us here. And if you would, if, uh, if you're watching right now, if you would go ahead and share, it would uh, greatly help spreading it around. So just want you to know that uh, it is uh, just an absolute privilege to come to you. I want you to know from my heart here at Chestnut Ridge uh, to our folks, y'all are, uh, y'all are deeply missed. And I know that you miss getting together as a church family, but um, we want to thank God today for the tools that he's given us to be able to connect. And this is one of them uh, through the medium of social media. We have the opportunity to get together and meet, and so I'm appreciative of of this uh, so that I can have the opportunity to share with you. Uh, Many of you are um, at home, uh, been at home for a little while. Some folks are a little stir-crazy right now. Um, I'm hoping tonight that I can give you some encouragement from God's Word that um, I believe could help us uh, at least through a few more days, Uh, and I do believe uh, without a shadow of a doubt that... um, we're seeing end-time stuff happen. Uh, there's no, no doubt whatsoever. We're seeing things that the world has really never seen in our time. And so I'm thankful for uh, the opportunity to share in a time like this. And I'll, I'll talk a little more about that on Sunday morning. And I invite you to join us on Sunday morning um, as we uh, get back into God's Word. We're going to uh, have some worship uh, Brother Tim is going to lead us in some worship this coming Sunday morning, and then we'll get back into God's Word. And uh, just praying for all the folks around, praying for uh, Mecklenburg County and Cabarrus County and our own counties. We're we're here right here in Cleveland and Gaston. We're uh, really praying for everybody and praying that you would uh, be wise in these times. Um, That's what we're trying to do here, and we just encourage you to also um, be wise in these times. God did give us a brain to use. So we're going to dive into God's Word now. And I want to take you uh, to the book of Ephesians to begin with. And so as we look in Ephesians, we're actually in Ephesians chapter 4. We're in verses 4, 5, and 6. But what I want to do is I want to read the 13 verses at the start of chapter 4. And so when I begin reading in verse 1, the Bible says, I therefore, and this is Paul speaking, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, one body, one Spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, He says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. Don't you listen really good to verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Like I said, folks, I have to believe with everything that's in me that we are um, seeing these last days fulfill before our eyes. But I 
want to encourage you also that we are not without hope. If you are a Christian today, and if you're saved, you have more hope than anybody on the face of this planet. If you're not a Christian, I would highly encourage you today to listen to the Spirit's voice speaking to you. If he's speaking to you and telling you that you're lost, you have doubt in your heart, you need to answer that call. That is uh, uh, just a beautiful call that the maker and creator, uh, sustainer of the universe would speak to you like that. That is a, That's absolutely, on my side of things, on the, my side of salvation, it is an absolute beautiful thing to think that the God that created all this and sustained it, even though sustains it, even though we rebel against him, he sent his love to us in Christ Jesus, his son. So I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, in times like this, I pray that God would speak to your hearts and that he would, he would prompt you of your need for salvation through, through the Holy Spirit and that you would respond and that you would repent and that you would accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and start serving him today. Um, so for, but for those that are Christians, I want to give you uh, some, some encouraging hope, I believe. In verse 4, especially of Ephesians chapter 4, he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling. As we've been going through this in the Bible study uh, on Tuesdays, and yes, we, we have a microscopic group meeting on Tuesdays, well within the requirements, but we have a few folks spread more than six feet apart in a, in a large room, and we're meeting, and we're still studying the Bible at 10 a.m. and at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, um, basically about like being at home. And while we're studying, we're, we're digging out these beautiful truths from God's Word. And he says there that we are, there is one body. It's amazing during times like this that, you know, a lot of folks are not seeing the church signs as much as they are seeing the church. I, I'm not an anti-denominational person. I'm not a pro-denominational person. I think there are many things that we can do greater together in a large group as believers than we can spread apart but here's my point it's amazing how uh, we're watching the body of christ get cleansed purified it's like the name on the sign really don't matter a whole lot no more things have been stripped away to where we're just sitting here going i'm just glad to be a christian today I'm thankful that Jesus got me before Baptist or Pentecostal or anybody else got a hold of me. I'm glad that Jesus got a hold of me. And when I look here, it says there is one body, the body of Christ. So we all know when we get to heaven, there's not going to be a, a, a you know, a Baptist section, a Presbyterian section, a Pentecostal section, section, a Church of God section. I mean, and we could go right on down the list. We know that there are only going to be believers those who have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so it says there is one body and one spirit. It's one thing that's very interesting about the fact uh, of this unity that it speaks of. And as a matter of fact, in those three verses, the, the word one is used seven times, uh, that it's like this completion of uh, who we are in Christ. And that's what Paul's trying to uh, get across to us in the book of Ephesians is exactly what we have in Christ, who we are in Christ, and the unity. And I think that's the prevailing uh, thing that Paul's trying to teach us is the, the unity that we have in Christ. And so 
Um, when we think about that, this unity, this peace, this uh, togetherness that we have, it's not something that starts on the external side. It's not that something that happens on the outside and works its way in. The unity that we're talking about is something that happens on the inside and it works its way out. As a matter of fact, I believe what, what is on the inside is a is pictured on the outside. So what, what you are inside of you, who you are, the man that you are, the woman that you are on the inside will, will eventually come out, that your deeds will, will be known, that the, uh, the truth that's in your heart, it will creep out. And so within the body of Christ, though, we realize that we are under the leadership of God our Father, the, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and it's ministered to us through the, through the Holy Spirit as he works in our lives. And that Holy Spirit that is working within us also creates things that come out of us. In other words, the day that I got saved, it was not me getting uh, becoming a better person. I, I wholeheartedly um, agree with Ravi Zacharias. He didn't come to make bad men good. He come to make lost men saved, um, dead men live. And so when Christ came to, to uh, be my Lord and my Savior, the Holy Spirit of God came to dwell within my heart, my language that got challenged. I did not talk uh, the way, I, well, I used some other words uh, than the words I uh, use today. Uh, and I used them right regular. And, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying if I hit my hand, a finger with a hammer that I'm not going to possibly say something. But my want to's changed. The things within me, it changed what I want to do. It changed what I want to say. It changed what I want to look at and what I want to listen to. Uh, my radio rarely gets turned to anything but Christian music. That doesn't mean that I'm more spiritual than you. I'm just telling you about my life. That don't mean uh, that I don't enjoy some, uh, some old tunes that I used to listen to every once in a while, and you can judge me if you want to, but I'm just telling you my want to's change, but that is a work that God did on the inside of me, and now it produces things on the outside of me, people that are around me that knew me before and now are around me at this time, they go, things have changed and let me just say this if there's not been a change in your life you may not be a part of the body of christ if if something hadn't changed in you you may not be a part of the body of christ and so you need to check up on that because he says that there is just one body one spirit you don't have a different holy spirit than i do each and every one of us uh, are, are indwelt with the same Holy Spirit. It, it, God doesn't give you one and somebody else another one. And so I hear people, people talking a lot of times about the fact that, you know, well, so-and-so, uh, they, they don't act. Uh, that's just how they act. We just have to put up with them because that's just how they act. And, and th that's not right, not, not according to Scripture. God is taking an old man and he is changing that old man and making that old man new. And so if he's doing that in me and he doesn't do it in you, then he's not unified. He's not doing the same work in one person that he is doing in another. And I understand that God works in different people in different ways, but I want you to, I want you to follow me on this thought. He's still doing that redemptive work, that uh, sanctification work within all of us. And so I just want to encourage you in this. If you're a believer and you have the Holy Spirit of God working in you, you are a part of the body of Christ. One baptism, and I know this is primarily speaking of the water baptism, but also you are baptized or immersed into Christ through the Holy Spirit of God. 
And here's something that's absolutely beautiful. And this is what I wanted to really get to for this moment. And then I'm going to, after I get through with it, I'm going to leave you, I believe, with one of the most encouraging things for a time like this that I have ever heard in my Christian life. Um, The Holy Spirit that God has given us, John MacArthur says this, that the Spirit is given as a pledge. And I believe that's what he's talking about here. There is one body, one Spirit. And and, in other texts, he was given to us, um, that he was sent to us, but he was sent as a pledge. And listen to what MacArthur says. He says that that pledge is like a divine engagement ring. Now think about that for just a moment. Uh, I remember when we uh, went, Christy and I went to the State House grounds in Columbia, South Carolina. We were young. I was 21 years old. She was 17 years old. Actually, yeah, she was 17. Hadn't been 17 too awful long. You can go ahead and be judging. I'm thankful a lot of things are up under the blood of Christ. But we got, I took her over to the State House grounds in Columbia, South Carolina one evening. And I had this ring that I had, um, I had diligently worked hard for. Um, I took that ring and got on my knees and I proposed to her. I pledged to her, made a promise to her. I made a promise to her that I would be um, responsible not only to her, but with her and for her. And when I put that ring on her finger, I I made a commitment. Now, I'd love to sit here and tell you that I have been perfect in that commitment all along through our marriage. I can't tell, tell you that I've been just the best husband in the world. But what I can tell you is that commitment meant something to me. And every day that goes by, as we have grown more and more uh, close, we have grown in years together, uh, that commitment has, has, has actually grown because I believe God is shaping my life. I believe God is, is really um, molding me into an image that he would want me to be molded into. And so I'm learning how to be a better husband. I'm learning how to be a better dad, even though my days as a dad and kids being in the house is coming toward an end. I'm still their dad and I'm still learning. But think about the fact that God sent the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. As a matter of fact, let me read a couple of verses to you. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. He says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And just for a side note, Romans eight twenty eight definitely is still true today. He's working all things to the good, to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So coronavirus or no coronavirus, whatever's going on, he's still working all things to the good. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Listen, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? Did you, did you catch that? The, the thought that he took that ring, the Holy Spirit of God, as a divine engagement ring, and you do realize that you are the bride of Christ. If you are a, a believer, you're a part of the body of Christ. You are a, 
uh, the bride for the bridegroom. And, and so one day, he, we are going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. One day, we are going to uh, be uh, adorned as the bride. And I'm going to read that to you in just a moment, Revelation 19, 9. But until then, he's made a promise. He's put that ring on us. That He's given us the Holy Spirit of God as a promise, as a guarantee, as a down payment that he is coming to get us one day. He is going to have us with him for all of eternity. Now think about that for just a moment, church. Think about that, that, that God is, is, has uh, entered into a contract with us. And the cool thing is, I had to learn how to be a husband. I had to learn how to be a father. I had to learn how to be all these things, and I'm still learning. He doesn't have to get there. He's already there. He's always been there. He's always been perfect and true. And so when you think about it, we have the greatest advocate. We have the greatest father. We have the greatest one uh, fighting for us that we could ever have. He's the creator and sustainer of everything that there is. Let me, let me read to you Revelation 19 verses 8 and 9 listen and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints and he's talking about to her being the church the the bride of christ verse 9 says then he said to me right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb and he said to me these are the true sayings of god listen again blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Folks, I'm just going to be honest with you. In days like we're living in today, I get excited about the fact that, that a God that wrote such a beautiful love letter to me before I was ever even thought about in, in, in my mother and father's mind, before my mother and father were ever even thought about, these words were pinned down, and then I live them today, and the Holy Spirit of God breathes, breathes the truth of the Scriptures into my life, and it changes my life. But then to think that the same God that wrote these Scriptures then, he also makes it true today, and what he says is going to come to pass in the future, it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. And I'm so excited about the fact that God made me a promise that he won't break, that he will finish this thing, and he will make it true for all of us. I want to take you now to something, and, and I actually tonight I want to close uh, with you. Not going to be extremely long and, and, and boring tonight, even though I know a lot of folks are have a lot of cabin fever. Um, maybe I can just encourage you to tune back in with us uh, on Sunday morning. When I go to the scriptures and I look in the book of Leviticus, chapter twenty-three. I want to give you one more promise that kind of, I believe, goes right along with um, what I had just shared with you, but also encourages you with some things for right now where you're living. I had the privilege one time, a dear pastor friend of mine, Brother Mike Morrison. Uh, as a matter of fact, Mike is actually the one that gave my name to Chestnut Ridge Baptist Church. Mike and I were pastoring about five miles down the road from each other one time, and we went up toward Chattanooga, Tennessee. I don't remember everything about where we were at, but we were at an old school camp meeting, mainly for pastors. And there was a gentleman there that preached. I didn't know any of these guys, but there were some heroes of mine uh, preaching uh, at that particular conference. D.L. Lowry was preaching there. Uh, Dr. Kenneth Ridings was preaching there, and I've, I had the privilege of being around 
some great men of God. I, I, I pray that even just a little bit of it might have rubbed off. But I'm thankful to have been able to sit up under the teaching of some great, great men of God. So D.L. Hour is preaching. Brother Kenneth Ridings was preaching. Our motel rooms were paid as pastors. That church took care of those motel rooms for us. And we went and we stayed, met some good friends uh, up there. That was the very first time I ever, ever met Brother Brian Ezel. Uh, we, we were sitting down eating at the motel that morning. Uh, uh, that the next morning of the conference come in that evening. The next morning we were sitting there eating. And some folks got to talking some foolishness in, in there. Um, I don't know if they were, I can't remember if they were part of the conference or not. But Brother Brian and I started carrying on a conversation. Didn't had never met each other before, but we started uh, kind of shutting them down. He was on one side of them, and I was on the other side of them at different tables. And uh, he made a comment, and I kind of sounded off to the comment. And next thing you know, we we formed a friendship over shutting some people down, talking some foolishness. But uh, met a lifelong friend there. Hadn't talked to him in a long time, but we could catch up in just a few seconds. I got to hear a man there by the name of A.C. Cooper. Brother A.C. Cooper was a very aged man at that time. Didn't hardly have all his hair on his head. He had that little crown. I guess he was very spiritual. Had that crown around his head. All decked out in a black suit. I can't remember what color tie he had on. I do remember this. A man turned around from the front row. We were on the second row and he said, y'all boys are fixing to get a blessing. And as a young preacher, a young man in general, my ears perked up because I, I believe this guy knew what he was talking about. And Brother A.C. Cooper opened up to the book of Leviticus. He read these verses. Listen to Levitic Leviticus chapter 23, verses 40 through 43. He said, And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit or the foliage or the leaves of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafly trees, the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year, in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in the booths. Listen to verse forty three that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Brother A.C. Cooper began to share with us there at that meeting about how the children of Israel came out of Egypt and God had them to live in these booths, basically homemade thatch huts, small dwellings, they were not permanent structures. But as they would lay there, and this is some tradition stuff here uh, that, that is believed to be true with the children of Israel, they could see through some cracks in the huts, the stars, to remind them of their creator, the God that saved them out of the bondage of Egypt and delivered them and now is taking them on a journey to Canaan land. Well, it became a, a thing called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And what they would do is they would also use it as a celebration time. They would celebrate because of the good harvest that they had had from the year before. But then they would pray also that God would give them the early rains, that they would be able to have a good crop for the next coming year. 
And then, as it says in the scriptures there, they would dwell in those times, uh, in those booths, those tents that they had there, those, those makeshift huts. They would dwell there so that they would be reminded of the God that brought their ancestors out of Egypt. Now, I just want to simply tell you, as they were laying there, in those booths, they had many trees around them, and Brother A.C. Cooper said this. He said they had two trees in particular, two limbs in particular that we know a lot about. He said they had willow uh, branches, willow limbs, and we know that throughout the Scriptures, we see the willow branches being spoken of as times of hardship, as uh, the, the children of Israel, when they were in bondage in Babylon, went down by the brook there, and they hung their harps on the willows and they sorrowed there and wept by the river because they wanted to be back in their own land because they were in bondage. He said, so the willows are representative of hard days. And folks, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know that we are not suffering nowhere near like we could, but these are some interesting days that we're living in. There's no doubt whatsoever these are interesting days. And I just want to tell you that we're not the first people to live in interesting days. We're not the first people that have had to turn our face toward God and say, God, we're in a tough situation. We're in a place we've never been before. We're seeing things that scare us in our flesh. We're th seeing things that cause us to be concerned because we don't know how we're going to provide for our families. We don't know how we might provide for our own own selves and people are, are are getting i guess getting antsy the shelves are being stripped of resources and a lot of people are panicking don't not knowing how long this may go on i'm just trying to tell you that every day that we live in is not a day of prosperity uh, paul had to learn how to be content when he had something and when he didn't have something and i think that's something that's universal to all people but when it comes to God's people, we have to realize that just because we have a God in heaven that can blink his eye and change everything on the face of this planet, he doesn't always do it. But everything that's going on sifts through his hands. And so as we think about it, you know, there are days that are tough days. There are people laying family members to rest right now all over this world from this virus that's going on that they didn't anticipate doing that. They, this wasn't planned. And, and some in mass numbers in some countries, even in the state of New York, there's a lot going on there. And, and even though we can sit here and say, well, the numbers are just not near as big as, as we think they are, and I'm just going to say this just to maybe give some people some encouragement to watch what they post until stuff starts happening in your house you better watch out what you say because you don't know how you'll feel you wouldn't know you say you would know how you feel but you have no idea how somebody would feel if it was their own family member dying of it you don't know how somebody would feel when when it comes to their house when they lose their income or they lose their livelihood for a while you have no idea how they feel. So I guess I might can say this, and this is kind of off the record as a pastor. You might want to just shut up sometimes when you talk about how other people feel. Maybe you want to take consideration, just worry about yourself and quit worrying about how other people feel. And just, just for grins and giggles, as somebody who is responsible for a few things, not, not, not maybe a lot, you're not the president. You're not the governor, 
you're not our congressmen, you're not our senators, unless they are, you are one that's watching, but mostly the people that I'm speaking to probably are not. So if you're not the one having to make decision, you also don't know what it's like to make that decision. And so uh, just take that for what it's worth. Brother A.C. Cooper said that there will be willow days, there will be tough days. He also said there's going to be some good days. He thinks that's why the palm branches were woven into that hut too. Jesus Christ came into the city of Jerusalem on the triumphal entry, uh, which we will be celebrating here some very soon, Palm Sunday, where they waved the palm branches and just sang out, Hosanna, Hosanna, to God be the glory. So those good days too. I can think of a lot of good days that we have had in our my family, as a church family, and in this community, and in this world, we've had some good days. So some days are good, some days are rough. That's part of living life here on this earth. He preached on this for a good while, and I did not do that justice because I'm telling you that it was absolutely beautiful. As a matter of fact, it is probably one of the most inspirational messages I have heard in my life. Do you good to listen to some old preachers sometimes. Then he said, I want you to turn over to the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9. This is what I want to leave you with tonight, church. Go back to Revelation and look for some hope again. See, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. And if you're a child of God, you realize that too, that this world's not your home. One day, all this is going to be over with. All the suffering, all the pain all the things we cherish so much are going to melt away. And he said, although we live in a world of suffering, Revelation 7 and 9 says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. He said, in this world we live in, in one hand you've got a willow branch because there's going to be rough days. And in the other hand, you've got a palm branch because you've got good days. Some folks live with the willow branch waving more than they do with the palm branch. Some folks, it seems, wave the palm branch more than they do the willow branch. But regardless of anything, every man that lives on the face of this earth will not celebrate every day. They'll have a willow branch in, in one hand, and one day they will wave it. As a matter of fact, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So if you get by with a lot of things in this world, you won't get by with death. You will physically die. And so every man will walk around with a willow branch, with a palm branch, celebrating and sorrow. But one day, we're going to take that willow branch, he said, and we're going to lay it down. It says there, and I saw them clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands. He said, last time I checked, those are two plurals. We ain't got but two hands. Palm branches means more than one. And hands means more than one. So in both hands, there's going to be palm branches. Church, I just want you to understand something. No matter what's going on in this world, one day, the God that we serve, he's going to make all things right. He's going to take away the willow branches. He's going to lay them down. And we're going to pick up palm branches. 
And forever and ever and ever, we will praise him as the King of kings and of the Lord of lords. I'm looking for that day. I hope you are. If you're not saved, you need to get that square today. You say, how, how, how can I come to know Christ as my Savior? You need to lay your pride down. You need to come before God and you need to say, God, you know what? The Bible says that all have sinned to fall short of the glory of God and there's none righteous, not one, which means you have to admit that you're a sinner. You also have to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he rose again on the third day. And then you confess him as the Lord of your life, that he is now Lord and Savior. And so you admit, believe, and confess before him. You can do that right now. You don't have to do that in some church building. God started working in my life on me as I was driving up the road passing by a church. I was in a car with my family riding up the road, and God started speaking uh, salvation into my life. God started ministering to me and waking me up. So today, if that's you, you pray that prayer. The Bible says that old things will pass away, all things become, become new. And what it means is God is going to start a work in you, and all, all these things are going to become new in your life. Your want-tos are going to change. And if that's something that you've done, we've actually got some folks that are wanting us to baptize them, and we're going to try to figure out how to do that. I've got some folks that called me after Sunday morning service and want to try to get baptized. Um, they, they're believers now, and they want to um, follow through in baptism. I'd love for you to call us uh, at the church office. You're, if you're watching on Facebook or through the listening on website or however, our phone uh, information there, our address, all, all of our contact information is there. You can message us through Facebook, Messenger, and all that stuff. Please let us know if you come to faith in Christ um, so that we can help encourage you. It's not that we're wanting you to come be a part of Chestnut Ridge Baptist Church. We just want you to get in a good Bible-believing church. We'd love to have you, but we, we just want you to get into church somewhere. We want to help you help help you in that. We also want to help uh, encourage you to follow through in believers' baptism. So we just want to be a help to you. If you get in touch with us, uh, we'd love, love to be of uh, whatever assistance we could be. Um, and then, outside of that, church, rejoice. Weeping indoors for a day, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm excited about the fact that our God is not done yet. He's not done with you, and he's not done with me. So I'm looking forward to Sunday morning um, as we get ready.